0: This is your host, Sajid Islam, and today I'm going to go over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of January 25th, 2021. Today, we're going to first off begin with a quick update from Instagram, where Instagram is basically saying they're launching a professional dashboard, aka business dashboard, depending on how you look at it. But on Instagram, you're going to see it as professional dashboard. So what is this? What Instagram is actually saying is like they're creating a central destination for businesses and creators to track performance, access, and discover professional tools and explore educational information curated by Instagram all in one place. Uh, we checked out the uh professional dashboard for our account, and you know, it's it, you know, there is only one thing where you get the data which is You know, Instagram insights, there is a link to it. Without it, I could have just gone directly into our Instagram insights. Other than that, there are ways to like, you know, there are a few guides in there. Uh, you know some courses from Instagram on how to engage with your customers, how to create Instagram shops, things like that. How to get use uh, reels, things like that. So overall, all in all, I think this is Instagram's way of educating their users, especially people who may not be really well versed in Instagram things like that, or someone who has the time. Frankly speaking, uh, what this does is a lot of people who are uh, selling Instagram courses you know on how to build reels how to do this they would be able to like you know save a few dollars and basically take the same course uh from instagram earlier you just have to like you know really uh go through the web go and dig up this content since so instagram is um you know making it easy so again before i hop off from this topic i just want to say to access your you know professional dashboard um just basically when you log in, you will see on the top, especially when you go to your, uh, profile page, not, and you will see there is a link on the top. It says, uh, access professional dashboard and you go in there and you see all these things. Okay. With that, let's move on to the next one, which is again from Facebook. And we have a bit of an in- interesting news is Facebook has a Supreme Court's type uh you know system in now which is they call it the oversight board and what it is is it's basically a group of 20 people 20 experts from around the world funded by facebook through an independent trust so even though facebook is paying for them but they're not paying them directly in terms of to create uh you know some form of unbiased because if facebook was directly employing them then there would be a conflict of interest so they created a trust so facebook puts money in the trust and then, then the trust pays these experts but again mm-hmm. if i know eventually where my salary is coming from i would still be biased towards them uh, towards my employer or the, pe- or the company that's paying my salary but that as besides the point you know the Trust oversight, trust oversight board. uh, Let's call it oversight board uh, for this. Or let's call it the. I mean, I would call it uh, oversight board. Some people are calling it the Supreme Court because once they give you the decision, is full and final. That's it. There's nothing else. It's like going to the Supreme Court, and when the Supreme Court uh, gives you a decision, that's final. That's final. There's no more appeal. No more nothing. So this oversight board, you know, they established last year, and they have received 150 thousand. Appeals in the last three months, right? Even though they probably didn't start, you know, it was established and they probably didn't get a lot of cases. Uh, from what I've read, like they probably didn't get a lot of the cases until after the election. Uh, that's what I know because there was a lot of questions around it. Like, you know, even though they have an oversight board, or they were not going to take, take effect or they're not going to start looking at cases until after the election, the US election, which was on November 8th, I believe. So, What does this mean? That 150,000 requests for appeal in like two, two and a half, three months. Guys, this is like absolutely mind boggling, right? And Facebook has suddenly opened up the floodgates and there are 20 experts. What are they going to do? Work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they will still not be able to go through all this queue. I mean, Facebook basically opened up a, you know, can of worms right now. And they also shows what a problem Facebook has when it comes through, uh, you know, uh, banning and their AI and all this crap that they have going on. Anyways, uh, so some of the cases that have been overturned was one was related to the treatment of Uyghur Muslims in China by a user in Myanmar. Uh, a Second case related to nudity uh, from Brazil that was actually posted uh, to bring awareness for breast cancer was banned. And then, you know, she was able to like, you know, get this thing overturned. Um, but not all is, you know, hunky-dory. There was one case, uh, which was a final case. You know, it was like they said, you know, that this user in uh, was doing some stuff. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. A Facebook decision remove a post on this. They used a Russian word, which is called Taziks to describe our Azerbaijanis uh was basically like you know i guess bullying users and using something else and that was a full and final that so that was the only case out of the five cases that they have touched on was decided oh facebook did the right thing the other the other four they said facebook did the wrong thing it should not be doing this uh let's unban them so again goes to highlight the problem challenges facebook has suddenly it has become the the police force in the online world and i guess people in facebook doesn't realize it that they are gonna be always hurting people and they're gonna basically be in the losing end of this battle right but hey i don't work for facebook am i not glad uh they have high paying executives to figure this out but all i will tell you is a facebook uh you should look for other avenues uh to build your business with in addition to facebook if you're just relying on facebook with that let's move on to the next one which is uh, coming back from Twitter, uh, Twitter did a study and they're talking about best pr- customer care practices on Twitter. And what they're saying is that you don't have to be a big brand to be able to do some of the stuff that you sh- the big brands are doing. All in all, I can't actually go too deep on it, but all I will tell you is what basically Twitter is saying is, look, what big brands are doing is they're creating a separate Twitter channel to take away the complaints into a one dedicated channel. Right? So, for example, for our business, uh, we call it market and grow. So, we could just create market and grow underscore support or customer care, market and grow care, something like that. So, we have a market and grow and then we have a market and grow dash something or underscore something care, customer support, whatever we call it. And we separate it out. So, what Twitter is saying based on what they have observed and what they have studied is like you know, once you do that, it creates this channel we're splitting out the traffic and you're creating a dedicated channel for complaints or customer complaints or customer you know grievances or customers whatever it is suggestions and then you can follow up much more easily that's what twitter is saying now twitter is saying this can be applied to small businesses as well which i believe i agree uh you know because especially small businesses they do not have the resources to be able to like you know uh you know, again, if you're on Twitter, this works, but you don't have the resources to basically have someone see through all the tweets that are being, uh, you know, sent out and you are being tagged and you just go and parse it out. But if you have a channel dedicated to customer support, then you can just go through that and you can spend some more resources on that and you can see what customer complaints there is. Uh, and what they're saying also by doing that, what you're doing is you are giving customer a voice and as a result, you create a Lot more brand loyalty, and I have to agree with Twitter on that. I have to agree with Twitter on that because you know, I will tell you when we purchased ours, well, we purchased two cars from Carvana, and you know, I was able to, like, you know, I didn't know who in Carvana and the license plates were taking too long to come, so I didn't know who to call up in Carvana. But I tweeted, I tweeted, and I was like, dude, what's going on? Why is your customer service so crappy? So that's what's one thing, you know, I will tell you, well, if you're not on Twitter, there is a Twitterverse, you know, again, you know, Elon Musk, he's on Twitter, one of the world's, well, I think he's number one on number one billionaire on earth or something, richest guy on earth. Uh, he's on Twitter, he has 10 million followers on Twitter. But I'm not saying uh, you should all be on Twitter, but I know we are on Twitter. Twitter is a separate world by itself. People who are on Twitter, they're on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter or thinking of Twitter, maybe this is a strategy you should try. With that, let's move on to the next update, which is Google caving into Apple's demands. Now, this is something, you know, we talked about it a lot in the past. We are talking about it iOS 14. Uh, Google is going to turn on IDFA. Basically, they're going to stop all these app makers from you know, using and tra- abusing you. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say abusing you, but they are like, you know, using your data without your permission and just tracking you and not telling, giving you and making you to opt out. It's a very convoluted way. By default, everything is going to be turned off. So if they want, if any of these app makers, Google, Facebook, Snapchat, anyone who wants to track you, they would have to ask you explicit permission saying, hey, this app wants to track you. Do you give them consent? Yes, no google was sitting on the sidelines or on the fence for a long time they didn't know how to do it if they should st- go with the idfa version where their users are going to get permission shown a notification saying do you want allow do you want google to track you or use apple's new sdk where you know it's by default they will use whatever data apple gives them but they won't you users will not get prompted for that with for that permission Finally, Google says, you know what, we are going to go with Apple's way. We don't want to take any chances. Now, I know we are not app makers on this show or a lot of my listeners are not making apps. But, you know, why does this matter to you? Well, this matters to you is because as a small business owner, this kind of goes to show. Apple is bringing companies like Google and Facebook to its knees and bending them uh, or making them bend the way they want them to bend and actually Uh, respect users permissions or privacy okay so that's one thing second thing is it's they realize that you know this idfa if if they were to rely on allowing users to give permissions most of the users are going to say no because when they use when they see the word do you want this app to track you everyone's going to be like oh my god i don't know what they're going to do and they're going to get scared and they're going to say no and they realize this this is if this were to happen then they would lose far more in terms of losing their you know data that they report back to their you know users especially ad advertisers so We'll see how Facebook works out with this. But what this means for your small business is that if you are advertising and if through Facebook or Google and you're targeting mobile users, chances are your numbers are going to be off. How much off? actually no one knows. We have to wait for another six months to see this whole data coming out. But what this matters, I mean, you know, Google caving in or Facebook not caving in will not make us money. Why this, I'm covering this in our show is because it's going to affect how much data gets reported back into our ad account if we are running ads that has been shown on mobile users. So that's what it matters. So I hope this helps you, folks, because this is what it's all, all about. At the end of the day, they're trillion dollar companies. I'm sure they will figure it out. But, you know, for us, it matters if we get like, you know, if we have if we get 100 sales a month and it's off by 10 percent, that's a big deal for us. So that's why it matters. Okay, moving on. Coming on to YouTube, uh, YouTube finally provides a full guide on how to self-verify your YouTube videos. This has this is nothing new. This has been in a policy for since 2019, but they have finally published an official guide. Before it was, uh, you know, kind of you have to figure it out by yourself. The system allows YouTube allows the YouTuber to write about their video and what elements it contains and the creator is then asked to fill out a questionnaire. The automated system then decides whether it will monetize the video or not. So again, this is purely for people who are creating YouTube content to monetize. So if you have a subscriber channel, if you have a YouTube video uh, or a YouTube channel with like hundreds and thousands of subscribers and you are making money through YouTube monetization, this is what matters to you. Uh, But if for some reason, you know, you don't get past that automated system, then you can appeal it and you can get a manual review. That's what it is. We are going to put the link to this guideline in our show page, show notes page, so you can check it out over there. But all in all, it's a good news for people who are making money or thinking of making money out of a YouTube channel. Okay, let's go to the next one, which is again, This is kind of a bit of a better. It's not everyone's has this option yet in their YouTube account, but basically what YouTube is saying is that you can capture highlights from your favorite videos with new clips feature. Right? Some people will see it, others are not. They're slow, they're giving it to a little bit uh you know, some users. So I want to uh, basically what is a clip? A clip is a short looping part of a video or live stream. It's like a gif with sound. Uh if you want to create your own clips what you do is watch watch any video that allows clipping then tap the click below the video and clips will create you create will show up in your library and then you could like share in your whatever you can give it to someone some people things like that but again before i again i end end this topic i just want to say this is not available to everyone so if you're one of those lucky few try it out and let us know how it goes with that folks Uh, We are at the end of the show. That's it it for this week in marketing. Now you know everything to be in the know. If you'd like to read more, make sure you visit our show page where you will find the links to the articles. Once again, this is your host Sajid Islam signing off until next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to serve you all. Hit the subscribe button so that you remember to sign on next week. Same place, same time for another roundup this week in marketing.